there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. Yes, you are. Benjamin Light, right? I guess I guess I am Benjamin Light. Michael Sparks. And today we're talking about S2E21, Breaking the Code. Mm-hmm. 21st episode of Pretty Little Liars. Normally in a normal TV show, this would be the uh, like penultimate episode, but because PLL has like bizarre episode orders, this is there's still four more to go after this. Fantastic. We're only getting warmed up. Yes. Now that this season is old enough to drink, we're only getting warmed up. Yeah. And this episode is uh, directed by Roger Cumble, who you might know as the director of Cruel Intentions mm-hmm. and the uh, Cruel Intentions straight to DVD sequel, which is pretty underrated, I would say. The third one Cruel is Intentions like. Cruel Intentions 2? Cruel Intentions 2, yeah. Cruel Intentions 3 is really like creepy and rapey, but the second one. Cruel Intentions 2. Uh, had a starring role by Amy Adams before mm-hmm. she was big. Mm-hmm. Um, she was delightful. I think uh, I think Leighton Meester might have been in that. Could be making that up. <laughs> Could be making that up. Mm-hmm. Um, Cruel Intentions three had Jack from Dawson's Creek. It was is he the one who was the rapist? Yep. Somebody was like face. a rapist. Look it's, at his face and tell me he's not a rapist. Like that was like the twist. They're like, haha, he's been a rapist the whole time, and you're just like, Ew. does he? Was he? Was he? Raping girls, like straight up raping, or is he just yeah, like, he's, like he girls like sex? He was like straight up raping. Yeah, mm-hmm. Leighton Meester was not in that. Uh, Mimi Rogers was though. <laughs> it's not even remotely the same. <laughs> not even remotely now. Cruel Intentions Two, it was on this PLL podcast, was initially supposed to be a TV show called Manchester Prep, right? And then they made. It well, they wanted to. Movies. They wanted to basically make a Cruel Intentions TV show called Manchester Prep, and mm-hmm. so they filmed like a two-part pilot, and it didn't get picked up. So they just, you know, kind of recut it a little bit as a movie. It has the immortal line. Uh, I don't even remember the line right now, but the punchline is that Amy Adams says, "I think it's if a- you can't beat them, fuck them." No, 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 that's not the one. It's the one where she says. Uh, at this rate, I'll have your dick in my mouth by lunch. The guy says, "Who's hungry? <laughs> Who's ready for lunch?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would have watched the shit out of that show. Mm-hmm. We would be doing a Manchester Prep podcast right now. I mean, isn't Gossip Girl kind of the same thing? I've never watched that show, but uh, it's in the same territory. Manchester Prep would have been a lot trashier and cheaper, but mm-hmm. possibly more interesting. <laughs> anyway. I like Roger Cumble. I'm I'm glad he's getting work. And uh, this is this show is totally like in his groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he's not getting the same kind of play as um, what's his name, the Waters guys who did like Mean Girls and Vampire Academy and Heather's and stuff. Like, uh, cool. yeah, I don't know. Um. Anyway, so we start off the episode. We're at school. Uh, Spencer's got the money to pay off Jonah, the phone guy. I see that I it got autocorrected as Johan in the following <laughs> notes, <laughs> which would have been a much bolder name than Jonah. Maybe in the German cut, yeah. Mm-hmm. Emily thinks that $2,000 is a lot of money. And Spencer says, well, if they can tell me who A is, I would hand over a million. And Arya's like, yeah, and not ask for change. Because <laughs> it's not her money. <laughs> exactly. Arya and Spencer are pretty unified in this plan. Yeah, Team Sparia. Um Spencer's, they're kind of like, well, where'd you get this money? And Spencer says that she got it from a relative, but on the condition that she could not say who the relative was. So well, she, Emily's just like, oh, which one? And Spencer's like, I promise I wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. Which is like so many red flags, Spencer. <laughs> yeah. So Arya 
tells Hannah and Emily that uh, it's just going to be her and Spencer at the drop because yeah, uh, Spencer, or I'm sorry, uh, Jonah knows Arya's voice and Spencer's the bank. So uh, Spencer, Arya says that she's the face and Spencer is the bank. Mm-hmm. They don't want to spook this Jonah guy, so sorry, but this is a Team Sparia operation. As mm-hmm. all the most important operations are on the show, because Hannah and Emily are not real. Oh, well, you could, you can taste how upset Hannah and Emily are in this, and, and Spencer and Arya are the only ones, you know, who are oblivious. Mm-hmm. Well, Emily starts are. bitching about this, uh, but then Mona walks out, they're like, they're like, shut up already, you know, like, chill out, we're gonna find out. You know, Mona. like, it's funny, they've really built this idea up that, like, whatever info Jonah's gonna give them is gonna, like, crack the case immediately, you know? Yeah, yeah, they really think... So they wanna, they wanna be there to find out. They don't even wanna wait for it. As always, every new clue is, like, the straw that's gonna break this camel's back. But, uh, Mona bounces over to talk to Hannah, and for the start of the scene, Mona is just this perky, polka dotty wonderfulness. Well, they um, all, they all kinda, like, they hush when Mona walks up, and Mona says, hey, ladies! And they all go, hey... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Just> silence. Hannah <laughs> was supposed to drive Mona to the mall today to help her pick out outfits for some party, but now Hannah's trying to bail. Hannah's uh, kind she, of a bad friend. Hannah's got a long recurring string of being. Not a bad only friend. is she trying to bail, but like you can tell, she forgot to begin with. You know, she's like, yeah. "Oh right, I have to do this thing with my mom." You know, which is like a lie. Yeah. Yeah, on this show, yeah. Uh, she, she wants to know if she can do it tomorrow, but you can't do that tomorrow because Mona says tomorrow's all about the accessories. But Hannah's like, yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And then the liars start calling Hannah away. And so she's like, sorry, I have to go. And Mona's like, yeah, sure. Tomorrow, whatever. Well, first, well, first Mona gets a text and she looks pretty freaked out by the text mm-hmm. by Mona's standards. And Hannah's like, well, who's that? And Mona just kind of smiles and says, it's just some idiot with the wrong number. Um, and then Hannah bounces off to talk to her friends and we see that the text is from A. A text. It says, Hannah's mommy saved her ass. Who's going to save yours? And Mona just looks very concerned and conflicted, you know? Mm-hmm. So, let's start with Arya. Arya and Spencer sitting on a park bench waiting for Jonah. Arya is getting, she's very fidgety, moving her hands around a lot. She keeps asking Spencer uh, what time it is. Even though it's like, what time is it? And Spencer's like, two minutes to the drop. And then Arya's like, what time is it? Spencer's like, shut the fuck up. Uh, I don't have notes about Arya's outfit here because I like it's the next scene when she takes the coat off. That's when I have the outfit. But this coat has long fascinated me with Spencer's because it's like a trench coat with like X-Men uniform sleeves and shoulders. But it's got like these weird kind of ridged, like leathery or rubbery sleeves. Um, but yeah, it's, it's totally like, it's, it's an X-Men trench coat. That's the yeah. only, it's like Gambit wears this. This is not something that people could just purchase in a store. It's the most bizarre coat ever. And yeah, it does come back later in season three. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the also, most bizarre, uh, outfit to come back. It's not really important, but there's a sign behind the ladies that says, uh, don't feed the birds. Mm-hmm. The birds. Well, I wow. did write down what Arya's wearing and I want to talk about it. Okay, please. Uh, I- I just fast forward to my she's notes. She's got here. her hair kind of up. Um, she's wearing like a big metal spiky choker thing. Yeah, it's very strange. A little goth. Uh, she's got a black jacket that's on over kind of like a crimson sweater. And then underneath that, she has like a gray, grayish green, like print tee with skulls on it. That's, we're going to find out that that's not a sweater. That is a red velvety vest. 
Is it a vest? Okay. It's a vest. There's no yeah. sleeves. Yeah. And she's wearing pants that one leg has cheetah print on. <laughs> Just one leg. We will see later that uh, when we get a close up that it, that it appears to be made out of some sort of like velour or like fake velvet. Like it, it, it appears to have that texture. And it yeah. is off the hook. I just what? At what point does does the character like Mike just be like honestly, Ari? What the fuck are you wearing? Where do you even buy these clothes? <laughs> I think Ari would just she'd be like, "What are you talking about? Yeah, what's this, what's what's weird about it?" This is perfectly normal and maybe even cute. Mm-hmm. So Jonah he shows up finally after like two seconds, and <laughs> Jonah says, "Who's this?" Like looking at Spencer, and Spencer immediately stands up and says, "I'm the money." And then Jonah, in my notes, I just have Jonah, colon, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> like, yeah. he just stares at her, like, uh, okay, man. Yeah. He's supposed to say, and worth every penny of it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But he does. Daria <laughs> tries to, like, pull Spencer back down. She's just like, chill out, Spencer. Spencer yeah. keeps jumping back up. Also, Arya has some enormous rings on her fingers in this scene. There's, like, two that look like they have letters on them, but I couldn't make out what they were. I'm pretty sure that, like, when she sends a letter, she, like, uses that as her seal in the wax. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's how big that thing is. That, or they're the Frank Underwood cufflinks yeah. from House of Cards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they hand over the cash and the envelope. They want to go through the tropes of, like, the drop that, you know, you give us information first. And he's just like, no, <laughs> I can just walk away. Can I... They hand- can I yeah. completely interrupt with something out completely off topic? I just want you to imagine Arya sitting at a fancy table talking to Tyrion Lannister as she writes out uh, in florid script and like you know sprinkles sand over the her parchment and wipes it off and folds it and then pours wax on it and seals it with a ring on her finger. Just rams her like fist into the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which house would Arya be in Game of Thrones? Oh man, yeah. that is a good question. Because you know, you know where Spencer's going to fall. The show will tell you. Spoiler: at some point in the future, mm-hmm. of PLL. The show will tell you where Spencer falls in Game of Thrones. Arya is a little bit of a Marjorie, I think. We, okay, okay. Tyrells, huh? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But what definitely, their... she's she's definitely like a Tyrell lady. You know, she's a schemer. What is their animal again? They have a flower. It's growing strong. Okay, that's right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Ari, Ari would want to change that. Um, anyway, so yeah, they eventually hand over the cash. The guy hands them basically like a sticky note of an address on it. Uh, Spencer's like, what the shit is this? And wants more. And the dude says, hey, they came, the text came from a burner phone at that address. That's that's the best I can get you, you know? So Spencer well, wants... Spencer's mm-hmm. not happy. And he's like, well, Vivian was happy when she got it, so fuck you yeah. yeah spencer wants half the money back since she only got half the info mm-hmm. and he's like as far as i'm concerned this money was already owed to me so you're getting this information for free so he bounces off and Arya's like well at least we got something it's a text from a burner phone and it's like well here's where the phone was when it was sent so it's, it's not much yeah the Throughout this this episode, when it comes to like the liars, Arya is like so counter to all the rest of the girls. Mm-hmm. If they're upset about something, Arya is just like, eh, NBD. Um, so the address is about twenty minutes from where they are, and they want to go there, but then they look over and there's Garrett sitting in his Mustang watching them like a creep. Officer Garrett Reynolds is once again watching them from his not Mustang, uh, eating M and M's again and being creepy and like smiling at them, just. Ugh. 
Fucking yeah. Garrett. Yeah. All right, so Arya wonders how much They should have, like, walked right over there and keyed his car. And been yeah. like, what? What are you going to do about it? Spencer could have done something extreme with that coat, I'm sure. Um, like, what would he do if they walked over and just keyed his car right in front of him? What's he going to do? Call the police? Sometimes you're like, hey, how did I get here? Did they even drive here? <laughs> What's going on? They're like, um, oh, yes, please explain why you were watching us. Explain yeah. why you were here. Yeah. We are young girls, by the way. And mm-hmm. you were a creepy cop, man. Um, yeah, so Arya wonders how long he's been, been there. And Spencer points out that, well, there's no way we're going to that address now. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously following them, so they can't go look this address up now. So later, Arya's in her room, and she's on the phone talking to Ezra as he's about to leave to go to this interview in New Orleans. I think he's actually in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, might be in New Orleans now. He's, he's about, about to, to go his into his interview. interview. Yeah. Uh, but then, um, then Ella walks in, so Arya has to pretend to, that she's talking to, I think, Emily. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, oh, haha, that's so funny, Emily. I'll talk to you later. Click. Well, and Ezra's like, what? What's so funny about it, though, is that so she's asked if, if she could see him tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll call you when I land. How does that sound? And that's when she's just like, ha, 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 Emily, ha, 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 click. And he's just like, what the, what the fuck? Um, and then he realizes he's about to walk into a job interview and he wonders, where's my life headed? Exactly. This is not my beautiful life. Um, So... Ella brings note, Arya the note that A had, had left on Byron's car about the French vegan bistro from the previous episode. And Ella asks Arya if she knows who wrote this note. And Arya says no. And Ella kind of points out that she basically knows that's a lie. And that once upon a time, Arya would tell her things. Yeah, what, what, let me find the exact phrase in here. Um, she says, there was a time when you would share everything that's going on in your life with me. And Arya says, you know I share it. Or... You know everyone who's in my life. That's how she responds. So she's not technically lying, but it's like it's like a it's like you didn't answer the the question at all. You just said, "Oh, you know you know everyone who's in my life." Yeah, and she's she's laying the groundwork to later make a larger uh, uh, bitch fit about about Ezra. I think mm-hmm. too. Um, so it's kind of probing. She's like, "Could could somebody know Ezra who would know you?" And Arya's like, "Nope, nope, don't know anything about it." I like how Arya doesn't even seem that concerned, really. That no, she really that seems that A's very trying cool. to fuck her over. Yeah, I would be freaking the fuck out because, well, first of all, Arya should be concerned because A barely ever touches her life, mm-hmm. <laughs> except for A say my relationship. Yeah, yeah. And so Ella uh, is like, you know, I got a similar letter a year ago, and or you know, however long ago that was when Byron was having that affair. It was signed by A too. And Arya's just like, hmm, imagine that. You don't know yeah. anything about it. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I thought it was Meredith at the time, and apparently not. Uh, you and our, our, our father and I will look into it. And yeah. Arya's just like, hmm, no. NBD, I don't care. I don't yeah, understand why you're talking to me about this. That's that's Arya's real house words. Um, it's interesting, though, that A is branching out and contacting more people. But really, I, as I thought about it, A is actually just reaching out and contacting people that A has previously contacted. Because Somewhat. obviously there was yeah. there was a letter to Ella, but A did contact Mona previously. Yeah, we'll find that out in a bit in Hannah's section. Um, yeah. I mean, we already knew it, but we get a reminder of it. Um. So yeah, the next day, uh, Arya meets Ezra in his car. Um. This is after he's come back from the interview. She, he, they're in her car actually. They're meeting oh, sorry, in they're an in alley. Her. They're meeting in like the only alleyway in Rosewood, having a little you know, talk. Really, 
You don't really see Arya in her car very often. Like, probably not since the pilot, right? Apparently she has a car. Or it could be her mom's car. I don't know. It's mm. still unclear. Um, And so she's apologizing to him for the, this hoop that her dad made him jump through and that flying out. And what a pain in the ass that must have been. And he's well, just like, yeah, actually, I'm considering this job. Well, no, because she's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just glad it's over now. Yeah. And Ezra's like, mm, well, it's not over yet. And I really like how, as this conversation proceeds, Arya is like, she's like, well, obviously they offered you the job because you're so great, but, you know, you're not going to take it, right? And, like, she doesn't get it at first, you know? And, and Ezra's like, well, I haven't given them an answer yet. Yeah. And she's um, like, yet? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Well, your dad is super suspicious. This is a really good job. Your dad will." He know showed up at the restaurant. Your yeah. dad's gonna know why I stay. You know, if I do. And Arya's like, oh, "I'm sure we can work things out." And Ezra's like, "I'm not so sure about that." Can we interject real quick to talk about her outfit? Oh, this new blue dress she's wearing with like spikes Which on the shoulder spikes pads. Spikes on the shoulder pads. This is something that you would wear in like fucking like Thunderdome. Yeah, and she has like. uh Queen Amidala's hair from uh, like episode two. Yeah, yeah. But if you gave her like a faux hawk, like Arya is straight up in like a Mad Max movie. <laughs> She's ready to fight Storm for the uh, leadership of the Morlocks. Exactly. Um, but adorably so. So yeah, Arya's like, are you giving up on us? And Ezra kind of is. He's like, you know, we've been trying to make this work for a long time, and 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 what? <laughs> The the delicious melancholy irony of this all is that like a melancholy sad little uh accusa cover of Can't Help But Falling in Love is playing during the scene. Is that Elvis originally? Yeah, it's Elvis. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's a the lady sing a lady cover. Of, Ingrid Michaelson uh, is singing it, yeah. I can't help lovely. falling in love with you. Um so Ezra gets out of his car, walks over to her car, walks over to his car. Well the um, the waterworks have begun now too. But he does a lot of like stopping pausing looking watching her cry well he does the thing where he, he he gets in his car and drives up next to like her window because she was in the passenger side um or no she's in the driver's side whatever um but he stops next to her window and like looks over just to see her like crying and breaking down some more but this is like the third time that he stops since he's mm. gone out of the car to watch her cry <laughs> it just makes her cry harder lucy hale's a good crier um, yeah, they, they really give her some, some meat to chew with the crying. Um, so later we cut from, we actually dissolve from that to Arya laying in her bed crying. I just want to say how much I, I enjoyed that scene just because you sense, you, you know what's happening, but like you sense that Arya doesn't, you know, and it's like her rising panic as she realizes what's, what's going on, you know. What an emotional roller coaster Ezria has been this season though. Yeah. Well, it's like she, she just, was like basically she just dumping kept, him. Uh, yeah, and in that scene, she just like kept kind of like assuming that it would all be okay and it would all work out, as he's trying to like gently kind of suggest that maybe they need to talk. Yeah. Um. So we dissolve to Arya's room. She's laying in her bed. She's crying. Ella comes in. Of course, now she's seeing that her daughter's crying, and Arya's flat out like, "Go away." Can I just cut in and say like, Ezra should have been like, "Hey, you remember when you were like practically cheating on me?" With Jason yeah. DeLaurentis like two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. I was pretty cool during that whole crisis. Mm -hmm. um, so her go away now. Go away. I want to stay. And so Arya just, no more pretense. She just tells, like, tears in the well, she's that like, Ezra's like, leaving because of the job that Byron set up. Well, because Ella's like, no, seriously, what's wrong? And, and 
and she she won't go away. And so Arya's like, "Fine, Ezra's leaving. Dad got his wish. You happy now?" And Ella, this is like Ella's like, "I didn't know about this job." This is also the second time in how many weeks that one of the Montgomery parents has walked into their child's room to find their children like freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Um, which really makes like Ella's got to really be just like you know we're not we're not knocking out of the park parent wise here in this house. So Ella, um, Ella's just found out that Byron apparently set up Ezra with some job to get rid of him, and which is a Byron move. And Arya says, "You may have gotten rid of Ezra, but guess what? You lost me too." Gets up and leaves. Arya out. Yeah, drops the mic right there in Ella's foot. Um, so later Arya's at Ezra's and. This is the weirdest scene ever because there's like food in front of them, but neither of them is eating. Well, it's like she came over for dinner. I think Arya was like, fuck it. You know, like the game is up. I always see the, you know, my mom still knows I'm into Ezra. I'm just going to his place. I, I don't care anymore. But she's also like wants to make it as awkward as possible. Like she looks over at his suitcase and she's like, are you going to even you going to even bother unpacking that? Yeah. Yeah. She's she's a little bitchy here. And Ezra's like, well, you know, I'm not leaving right away. And she's like, well, it already feels like you have. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, what the fuck ever? Why did you even come here? Um, yeah. So knock on the door, like pretty extreme knock on the door. It was knock kind on of the tough, door. tough knock on the door, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, was, I thought it was like Byron at first by the knock, but no, it's Ella. And you, you can actually see Ezra mouth. Oh, shit. As he opens the door. Yeah. Well, he, then he just, he just stands wide, opens the dar- door wide. He's like, he's not going to have like, like, it's a one room apartment. Arya's not going to, like, dive under the couch. Well, Ella, Ella greets him with just, like, a slight shaking of the head. Yeah. She's just like, boo, Ezra, boo. Yeah. And so Ezra's just like, whatever, just stands aside and lets her in. <laughs> Arya is incredulous. Did you follow me here? Did you bring handcuffs? Are you just going to yank me out of here by my hair? And Ella's just like, I didn't come here to make you go home. I came here to listen. To listen. And... And so then we like cut away to something else, cut back, and they're all like sitting down on like a couch and chair. And Ezra's like asking Ella how she takes her tea, and Arya's like, "You know what? I don't want to have a tea party to you. What's going on?" Yeah, Arya and Ezra sitting on the couch together, and Ella's in the chair across them. Like, uh, yeah, Ezra's trying to make the uh, awkward conversation at the tea party, the awkward tea party there, and he's basically just like, "You know, sometimes I like to take the boiling hot water and pour it on my face rather than have this conversation." <laughs> <laughs> and Ella says, I, I want to make very clear, I don't condone this, but I'm afraid of what may happen if I take the st- same stance as my husband. Uh, she wants to, she wants to slow things down before anyone moves away or runs away. Yeah. Um, and she makes it pretty clear that, that she can handle this a lot better than Byron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she wants to know what's going on between Ezra and Arya. Mm-hmm. She wants to know what this is. Uh, so the, the tea kettle whistles or Ezra gets up to get it. And Arya right now, she has the, just the very slight, most satisfied fucking smile you have ever seen. Like she's 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 still kind of like teary eyed, but that little smile says it says I fucking won. You know? mm-hmm. like, Arya's like it's over. The rest is just pretense. She might as well have leaned over and whispered into her mother's ear, Ezria OTP mm-hmm. FTW. No, sorry. Yeah, for sure. the win. Mm-hmm. Or fuck the world, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I used to think FTW meant fuck the world. Like that that was the only uh yeah, know, same translation here. that it confused me for a really long time. Fucking internet. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are pretty hardcore. 
<laughs> yeah, Arya, Arya, the slightest adorable little smile. She's just like, hmm, I just won. You may say you don't condone it, but you're here, which means I won. Hmm. All right. So let's let's go back now and talk about some Hannah. There's gonna be a lot of Hannah here. A lot of Hannah here because the liars, like, there's a lot of like liar confabs in in the Hannah arc. So Hannah is our gateway drug to most of the other storylines in this episode. Uh, so we start off with Ashley's in the kitchen and she hears a noise behind her and it's fucking wielded on the back porch. And the back door is like open, you know, like lets him air in, so he just like shows up there. Yeah, and he can't come inside because he's a vampire and she hasn't invited him in. And also, it's daylight. Well, and he's being but, like a passive aggressive asshole here. He's like, oh, I came around the side so the neighbors wouldn't see a cop on your doorstep. You wouldn't want that, right? Yeah. She's not returning his phone calls. And he needs to talk to Hannah. But right about then, Hannah walks in and she's just like, well, what's he doing here? And Wilson wants more questions answered about Hannah's dress up day at the morgue of her friends. Mm-hmm. And actually, he's like, you know, this is harassment. You can, you can, you know, talk to my lawyer or whatever, you know. And mm-hmm. Wilden sees just like, oh, I just thought it'd be nicer to talk to you here, but if you want to do this down at the station, you can. And just like total asshole smile, like total passive aggressive, like dick. So once he's gone, they shut the door and Ashley kind of turns back to Hannah and she's just like, you've told me everything, right? And Hannah's like, yeah, of course. And Ashley, I think, Full well knows that's a lot. Yeah. But she's just like, okay, then. Well, I guess we have nothing to worry about. But, you know, she knows that they have things to worry about. Mm-hmm. So next time we see Hannah, Mona's in her room. I guess it's the next day from the last time we saw Mona. Uh, showing off all the stuff she bought. Uh, Mona, a lot of conversation here about how Mona's normally opposed to polyblends. Violently but, opposed. But this one, like, pink top made her a believer. And then one of the dresses that she holds up costs more than, than her mother's car, but it's raw silk. Raw silk. Hello. Well, and, and Hannah's like, oh, yeah, it's cute. Like, obviously not caring. And, and then, you know, the raw silk number is like, oh, yeah, that's cute. No. And, and Mona's like, uh, no, it's not cute. It's fabulous. <laughs> She's just, like, dead serious about that. It's fucking fabulous. Hannah, get with the program. Now, in the latest TTMM, you... Talk about how you see me as being the most Hannah-like of the four girls. <laughs> You're right in the sense that I would love the best friends of Mona. Okay. Wouldn't we all, though? I mean, I hope so. Unless there's something seriously wrong with you. Um, so Mona gets another A text. Uh, and she looks at this thing and she just says, this is getting really boring. Mm-hmm. And so she's she says she keeps getting this text from the same person who told, uh, the same person who told her about Hannah's liposuction all the way back in S1E10. Uh, cool. feels like she's being watched twenty four seven, and and this person knows about like some some shit she's done, like her shoplifting, mm-hmm. and so Hannah is kind of probing further about this and realizes that these are Atex, and she's like, well, there are there any about me, and there aren't, but there are some about Ashley Marin. Well, dumps up the necklace thing, and Hannah's just like, well, did you steal the necklace? And Mona's like, well, duh, yes, but why is it their business? Mm-hmm. But, um, but Mona got uh, some stuff about Ashley. Specifically, here's this picture of her and Wilden uh, basically about to, like, go at it, like, through a window. It's like, you know. First of all, they're standing right in front of the window. The picture is taken, like, from, like, maybe, like, the front yard, like, right below the house, right below yeah. the window. And he's about to, like, rip her clothes off. Yeah, he's, like, going for the neck there. Um, And Hannah... Almost pulls like an Aria move where she pretty instinctively says, like, well, that picture's obviously photoshopped. Yeah, and she's like, oh, this is obviously photoshopped. 
Um, so Hannah asks uh, if A has ever wanted Mona to do something with the picture. Mona says no, and Hannah asks what she'll do if, say, A were to threaten her and ask her to do something. And Mona says that if she could survive Allison DeLaurentis, then she can survive a little radioactive texting, <laughs> which is cold comfort to Hannah. Yeah. Because Hannah's been there before. Um, and let's see. Uh, later on, Hannah gets a text from Arius. This is after the meetup with Jonah saying the plans change. We'll talk later. Uh, so then she walks into the kitchen. Ashley's doing dishes or something, chopping up vegetables. And Hannah's like, she's like, oh, I wonder why Wilden stopped by. Kind of reminded me of, you know. And Ashley's like, I thought we agreed to never talk about that. Yeah, she's like, thanks for fucking reminding me. <laughs> like, fucked your, fucked your problems away. I like it real quick, though, that uh, she walks in and she's like, well, I thought it was a little weird the way Wilden just stopped by today. Ashley's, the very first thing Ashley says is, totally unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley is nothing if not professional. Yeah, totally unprofessional. Yeah, so Hannah hypothesized what it would be like if people found out about the whole thing of Ashley and Wilden. Um, and Hannah's worried that could Ashley lose her job? And Ashley's just like, oh, honey, I could lose you. Like, that's all your dad would need if he wanted to sue for custody. But would he, though? Right now, I don't think Tom wants Hannah. He's like, you kind of ruined my life, Hannah. Yeah, yeah. And then whenever I put the pieces back together, you kind of stepped on him even more. Mm -hmm. You can make the argument that, like, uh, no matter that Hannah is clearing her name, the whole thing with like Kate still is worse for, for Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the stakes here is that, uh, Ashley could potentially lose Hannah if, uh, if the Wilden stuff got out that she, you know, boned a cop to get a charge dropped. But yeah, she'd probably lose her job too. I mean, yeah, probably. But yeah, so later that night, Hannah's called the rest of the liars in and is telling them in her room the story of Ashley and Wilden. The girls are all surprised. And Hannah's like, no jokes, bitches. Yeah. Uh, but mentions, th like, that doesn't stop uh, Spencer from saying all this over a pair of designer sunglasses. Which is which is a funny thing because remember Spencer was there at that particular moment. Mm-hmm. Um, this is way back to the pilot. But yeah, so Emily mentions that, you know, she's not gonna say anything because Ashley took her in with no hesitation. And even mentions, I love this little mention from Emily that, uh, if it had been her in this situation, then her mom, Mrs. Fields, would have not only driven her to the police station, but would have offered to take the mugshot for the cops. Seriously. Pam Fields is not, uh, doing any solids like Ashley Marin is. No, no. Panfields believes in law and order. So, so, um, but Spencer's like, well, why, like, why go after this now? Why, why with why Mona? Mona? Like, yeah. what's going on here? And Anna hasn't told Mona anything about A, and she, but she's not sure she shouldn't. It's like, you know, she's she's kept it a secret, but should she? Because now Mona's a target, you know. Yeah, she's she's feel bad about lying to Mona. The other girls are just kind of assuming that A is just branching out to do more damage to them. Mm -hmm. Um. So Hannah's going to go downstairs to get some food because she hasn't eaten all day and she's starting to get a twitch. And she's also going to check to see if Garrett's still down there watching them. Because Garrett had followed Spencer home. Mm -hmm. Which, which is, is interesting. So well, which is interesting is that he had the choice of Ari and Spencer. Garrett chose Spencer, of course. And could you just go downstairs, make some coffee like Toby told you to do, walk out there and like pour it in his lap and walk back inside? The thing is that... What are you going to do, Garrett? That's for the real cops, though. Garrett's, you know, like Garrett's still like a uni, you know. Like, yeah, he's not, know. this isn't. I'm just saying, like they could do anything to Garrett right now. Well, how is he going to retaliate? 
Ah, he'll find a way. Mm-hmm. Um, once Hannah's gone, you know, Arya blurts out to the remaining like uh, girls that uh, A sent a letter to her dad, and now her parents are on the hunt to find out who A is. Can I can I attempt to say it in the uh, the manner and pace that, that Arya says please, it here? Please, oh god, please. Let me take a deep breath here. I don't, I'm gonna screw this up, I'm sure, but. Uh, Ace and alert of my dad trying to get him to catch me and Ezra, and now my mom's on the hunt to find out who he is. It was like twice as fast as that in the show. I don't know yeah. how Lucy Hale did that, but she just like spits it all out in one super fast sentence. There's there's some chops to Lucy Hale and her her delivery of, of Arya, and I think you first realize that way back in the we need to talk. <laughs> well, and, and Emily is like kind of like what, but Spencer's <laughs> like, wait a second, you yeah. and Ezra, you fucking lying bitch well she, she i love it spencer's like that wouldn't be such a big deal if you if you're not still seeing ezra and he's like oh yeah i'm still seeing ezra yeah and then spencer's just like you well and, and emily's just like oh she like reaches over grabs ari's hand we understand and spencer's like speak for yourself didn't we have multiple conversations about how we were so heartbroken over losing toby and ezra and ari's just like dot 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 <laughs> Yeah, ellipses. Yeah, Spencer mentioned that Arya deserves an Oscar for those performances. <laughs> and Arya almost is like, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, honestly, guys, lying is 95% of what I do now. Um, this is why she's the best liar. Yeah, Arya mentions that her dad is doing everything he can to make sure that Ezra's out of her life and out of Rosewood for good. And I want to think like the other girls are maybe like, well, that's not such a terrible thing. Yeah. But then yeah. Hannah calls for them all to come downstairs in kind of an excited fashion. Yeah. She got an email from Caleb with an attachment. There's some more video. To open immediately. Told her to open immediately. And Spencer's like, well, I want my two grand back now. (laughs) And I like how Arya kind of, she looks over at Spencer and kind of smiles and shakes her head at her. Yeah. Um, So they they watch the video. It's more of the video from the the night Allison died, um, the struggle in the room with an NAT club. Uh, It's the video where they... They thought that it was Allison about to come into the room, and they're like, "Oh my God, this could, Allison's about to die on this video." Well, because you something. hear Jenna say she's coming upstairs, mm-hmm. and then the door flings open. It's not Allison; it's Melissa Hastings. He walks <gasps> in and says, "Where is she?" And the video all freezes. The girls yeah, yeah, all the girls gasp. Um, so the liar. Is- interesting that Arya, in particular, wants to go to the cops immediately. She's like, "We yes. need to go to the cops." Like, why is that, Arya? Hmm. I said Arya is, uh, she's contrary to everybody for the most part. Uh, all of them except for Spencer, uh, want to go to the cops immediately. And, or do they though? Because Arya did bring it up first. Are they girls? Well, Arya really does. So does Hannah as well. Like Arya and Hannah are both like, we got to go to the cops. Spencer's like, we don't even know what this is. She just, you know, yeah, in case she was there, she walked into your room. Uh, meanwhile, we get like a POV from outside and like somebody's watching this go down. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer kind of like stands like extremely away from the other girls, and she's like, "I don't want to turn my pregnant sister to the cops." And Hannah's just like, "I will watch me." Well, and Emily's like, "Well, this proves that Melissa was part of that night." But Spencer's just like, "We don't know what this proves, you know? <laughs> just yeah. proves she walked into her room." Uh, but yeah, Hannah's like, "I will watch me." And basically, Hannah's attitude here is kind of like, "My mom outranks your bitchy sister." Uh, yeah, and and Spencer's just like Hannah. You just asked me to not be so quick to judge your mother. Mm-hmm. Now you want me to turn to my sister. And Arya says, Melissa has lied to you so many times. Why would she tell you the truth now? Because what Spencer's like, well, let me let me at least go talk to my sister and, and see what she says. Like, if I, if I, you know, I haven't always been honest with her. She hasn't always been honest with me. But if I, like, you know, 
if I if I sister down with her for real, like you know, maybe we can get some truth. And Emily's just like she's just gonna think of another lie to tell you. Yeah. Um, and Spencer's actually reacting. We'll get into this in the Spencer sequence, the the real Spencer sequence. But like Spencer is actually just reacting to a conversation she had with Melissa. I think. Um, Somewhat. That yeah, tends yeah. to be that tends to be Spencer's move. She kind of. She reacts more of Melissa than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and all the other liars are just looking at Spencer like, geez, you're so weak, you know, like trying to talk to your sister. What the hell's that going to accomplish? Yeah. Well, like Spencer talks about how much, you know, how terrible Melissa is. I think the other girls listen. Yeah. They believe her. Mm-hmm. And then Spencer's like, why do you guys hate my sister so much? <laughs> um, so Aria eventually says, fine. That the rest of them will try to go figure out where Egg was sending those texts from. They're going to um, go to the location they got, yeah. Yeah, so... Spencer's going to go talk to Melissa. So, later, it's the same night. Most of this episode takes place over the course of one day and one night. And then... Well, we'll get into it. But, so, later, Mona shows up, and she's pissed with Hannah. Well, I, there's nowhere else to talk about this, so I want to mention it here. Um, the next time we see Spencer in the episode, she's at a bar, and there's music playing... When we cut to the scene with Hannah, the music from the bar is playing Same on Hannah's time. headphones, and then Hannah takes the headphones off. It's it's an interesting cut, and they actually do this in some of the later episodes a few times, especially with Hannah. Like uh, the the way they blend in the music to her headphones, I also find interesting. It's very weird. It's mm-hmm. very interesting and weird. Um, so Mona's like, "Yeah, you lied to me," and and Hannah's like, "What?" And so Mona flops down a copy of Hannah's police report, which has a note from A on it that says. Yesterday's trash, tomorrow's news. Hey. Yeah. And Hannah's like, well, I'm sorry I lied, but this isn't something you advertise. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mona's instructions are to give this picture and the police report to the Rosewood Observer, the picture of uh, Ashley and Wilton, to the Rosewood Observer, the local paper, or A's going to take her down on that shoplifting charge. So uh, Mona tries to make Hannah feel better that maybe it's just like a sick joke. And Hannah mentions that she's been getting texts from A for a while and so are her friends. Well, because so, no, Mona was like, you know, I like your mom, but, you know, I'm yeah. not, not keen on taking the charge. Yeah, this is this is Team Mona we got to worry about here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mona's like, well, what has this A done to you? And Hannah's just like, if I told you, we'd be here until graduation. Um, yeah, all, all she basically says is the less you know, the better, and A doesn't fuck around. That's like that's all you need to know. Yeah, so what, is it, what, what do we do now? And Hannah says, well, don't worry, we'll figure something out, blah, 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 blah. And the whole time Hannah's going on, like Mona gets another text, and she shows it to, to Hannah, <laughs> and it just basically says, you have until 10 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, so better hurry. Um, so later, uh, once uh, the girls are gone, Ashley comes back. I don't know where Ashley is most of the time. Like, like Hannah like has these. I, big, I need to assume at like the local wine bar. Like, yeah, that's, maybe that's always where Ashley is. She comes back in the wine bar. She checks her message. She goes back to the wine bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ashley comes home and of course finds that police report sitting on the counter. With well, the she's note Hannah's left all her like books and binders out, and so Ashley is like just starts cleaning them all up and stacking them up, and then underneath one of them is that police report note from A. So good job, Hannah. Yeah. So meanwhile. Hannah, Ari, and Emily are going to that address they've got, and it's a... It's nighttime. Old, it's nighttime. It's an old abandoned law firm, like, behind, like, a fence, a chain link fence. Um, a little bit of comedy where the fence is, like, all, like, locked up with the chain, and Aria and Emily start messing with it, but then Hannah just opens it from the other side. It's, it's, yeah. That's how Hannah rolls. She's she's simple and direct. Yeah, yeah. 
So looking around, uh, eventually they see like an old man pop up from well, they've inside. Got, they've got flashlights, which that's got to draw some attention. You know, yeah. some chicks going into a, like a, you know, fenced off property flashlights. But uh, yeah, there's a bunch of male stuff in the slotted place. Arya tries to grab it, but it like pulls away at the same time. And some old dude appears in the window and both he and Arya scream at each other. And Arya like backs away and falls off the porch of this place and like hurts herself. And the other, uh, Hannah and Emily like help her up and they run away as alarms are going off. And they look back and it, it's just some old homeless dude. Like it's definitely not a. This kind of shit wouldn't be happening if Spencer's running the operation. Mm hmm. It's what right. happens when you run an op without Spencer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so later at the back of the Hannah's, I love that Arya is just like straight up like sitting on the counter, cleaning her <laughs> cut on her leg. Well, Arya's, uh, that's what tiny people do. They just sit in places like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is where you get a, the close up of her insane black and gold, like leopard print velour pants. Yes. Hannah wants to pursue the lead of the law firm, but Arya like wants to shut it down because it doesn't mean anything. It's well, they, they Google it. They're like, okay, so it's a law firm close three months ago. None of the people that work there sound familiar. It seems like a dead end. We got scanned, you know? What, uh, Hannah doesn't want to believe that, but Arya, like, is just not, not interested at all. And so Hannah's just like, well, so what, that's it. A wins. Either my mom goes down or Mona goes down. And Arya's just kind of like, eh, sorry. She's like, nothing you said in that sentence involved me. Yeah. It's not about me, Ezra, my dad, Ella. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even know why you're talking, Hannah. Um, yeah, this is like the bulk of the episode is this day, which I really thought was interesting. And then mm -hmm. the, they really cram like the day two. Like a lot like, of stuff happens minutes. in this episode. Yeah, like, it's a lot of plot. Like we the the day two in this that we get, we normally wouldn't get. Like it would all be one episode, and then the next episode. Would be what I really that. was, I really thought because of the way they were stretching so much out, I thought like it's just going to take place over the course of like one day. That's mm -hmm. really interesting for the show, and of course ties into the fact that you know one season takes place over the course of. Well, a few Couple months, months that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the next day, Hannah goes to Mona to school. and It's, it's after know, 10 now. It's 10.15. And so Hannah's basically just saying, like, hey, no hard feelings. I, I understand why you had to turn my mom in. Blah, 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 blah. I don't blame you. Yeah. And instead, Mona went to the jewelry store that morning to return the necklace. And she turned herself in. Uh, they called the police, which yeah, <laughs> kind of a dick move. I mean, come on. Mona's being well, honest. It's it's gonna happen though. I mean, yeah, she says it's, yeah. it's who knows how much later that she's returning this necklace. Um, I guess I I, I I don't know how I would react if I were really like running a small business, but I'm the kind of person that just doesn't like dealing with paperwork, you know. <laughs> so I'd be like, whatever, are we like cool or something. Yeah. Um. So meanwhile, as she's gone to the police station, she's barging the Willen's office. Oh, we may, we may have skipped over a little bit. So Mona turned herself in now. She, the, the police came. Now she has to do community service. Mm -hmm. And Hannah's like, wow. You know, and Mona's like, well, what was I going to do? Hurt you and your mom? And yeah. so uh, then th at lunch, because, yeah, the Ashley stuff with Wilden, that's not until after this. Oh, uh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So they're at, they're at lunch. Mona's eaten by herself, and then her apple has a note from A on it. Well, real quick, you really hear, like, how freaking loud... Uh, uh, Aria and Emily <laughs> are at their table behind her. Because, like, Emily asks Aria about Ezra, and Aria's like, oh, yeah, he, he this flight lands in an hour, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. It's, it's so audible to, like, Mona at her table. Yeah, Mona by herself, and there's a note from A on her apple that says, you didn't bite the first time, but you will, A. 
And so Hannah walks by and Mona just shows it to Hannah and she's just like, I'm going home. I don't want to be like somebody's target. Well, um, first though, Mona like is scanning the entire lunchroom. Yeah, she looks around. She she does what you always want the characters to do, which is look Thank around. Thank you, mm-hmm. Mona. Um, but she's like, fuck this. I don't want to go home. Like, I don't want to deal with this. Uh, but Hannah's like, no, no, come eat with our, the other liars here. And did you notice, like, so Moda goes and sits down with the other liars, and they're like, hey, I guess we'll be nice to you this one time. Uh, there's a dude standing behind the four liars. Did you notice this? Or the, the three liars and Mona. Did you notice this guy? No. It's some some dude who looks like he's in his early 20s. He's, like, wearing, like, like a suit coat type thing he's just standing around looking really sketchy every time i watch this episode i notice him and i'm like who the fuck are you man he's hmm. just like standing around behind them I, I don't know what he's going what's going on there i'd like to think that he's like some kind of like a uh, fan who won a contest or something <laughs> yeah really Walk on roll. <laughs> yeah so uh at this police station ashley walks in to see wilden and she, she leads off with i don't know how you sleep at night and Wilden responds, nice to see you too, Ashley. And so uh, she she shows him the, the police report that she found, uh, and she thinks he's behind this. But Wilden's actually pretty spooked. He like gets up and shuts the door. And he's like, you realize like this would fuck me over too if it got out. Yeah. And potentially more so than her. Yeah. And so he's like, well, Ashley's like, well, if you didn't send it, who did? Um, who did indeed? So- Later in the episode, it's the end of day two. Uh, Ashley runs in hand in her room. Uh, Ashley's late. She's late coming back from somewhere. Um, which <laughs> made me bar. really think, like, well, like, is there an inference that maybe, like, Will and Ashley, like, went to the wine bar together and had sex? Eh, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like that. Wilden would have to do something pretty spectacular to, uh, get back in Ashley's good graces right now. I think, I think the bar is closed. <laughs> There's still several wine, but the bar is closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ashley happens to see like the the mail or whatever from the law firm that uh, Hannah the, had grabbed. The letter that they grabbed, yeah. And uh, Ashley's like, well, "What the fuck is this? Like, how do you know this law firm? This is the law firm that Ashley used for her divorce." And Hannah's like, "Well, why did you use that one? It's like way across town." And she's like, "Oh, because uh, Melissa Hastings was interning there at the time." Hmm. Yeah. More evidence against Melissa Hastings. In the movie version of this, that's when Hannah says, holy shit. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about Emily. A little small Emily storyline here, because most, most of the stuff she's in is in the other scenes. But uh, So early in the episode, we see her. I think this is when she's at school. She's on the phone leaving a message for Maya. She says, why aren't you calling me back? If silence is your way of breaking up with me, then I'm really starting to feel beep message ends you know this is uh this is class and then she goes back into the class with like fucking page page is uh, there i guess the swim team is like the season is over amazingly the their swim team or swim season which lasts forever is actually over right now i don't know if like this is like a regular class period or if it's right after school or whatever's going on here but they're in a class it's swim girls um page starts instantly hitting on emily Mm-hmm. And she wants uh, Emily to come sell some ads for the swim team program. Wants to walk the town with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to get store owners to fork over money for the swim program. And Emily's like, well, I'm not really good at asking for money. And Paige is like, oh, you're the star of the team. And besides, who could turn you down? Yeah. And, so and Emily's the thing about like, it is, it works. Emily's, Emily's like, well, I have nothing else to do. 
like literally nothing. So I guess I'll hang out with you. Yeah. Um, so later the two girls get back from apparently successfully heading up the members of Rosewood's chamber of commerce for money. And they're mm-hmm. marveling all these checks they have in hand. And Paige gets a call from her parents. And she's like, oh, I'm on my way home. I'm just talking to Emily. And then she pauses. She's like, oh, Emily's just a friend. And she hangs up. And Emily's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why would you refer to me as just a friend to your parents? And we find out that Paige is she's out now to her parents. Yeah. And she says that uh, they freaked out at first. There's tears and screaming, but seemingly okay now. And she's thanking Emily for this. And Emily's like, well, I didn't do anything. And she's like, no, you, you know, you set an example. And Emily's like, well, thanks. And he says, I, I'm glad, which is like the ultimate like friend zone word, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm really glad for you, Paige. Paige's words, as she describes the coming out, are fascinating to me because she's just like, there was some screaming and some tears, but she's so excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just sounds like kind of terrible. Well, because though- the reason she's excited is because what she says next, she says, uh, I wish I'd done it sooner, you know, with like pregnant with meaning as she stares at Emily. Uh, but then uh, Emily gets a, a t- uh, an SOS text from Hannah. So it gives, gives Emily a chance to bail there. Although Paige is like, is that Maya? And Emily's like, no, sorry. Uh, I'm really happy for you. You got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So... Later, uh, um, after the, uh, <laughs> the fiasco at the law firm, mm-hmm. Emily's the one out getting food uh, for Ari and Hannah as, you know, Arya's patching up her wounds and Hannah's Googling things. I like how Rosewood is just full of takeout joints. Uh, well, so Always far, in these, like, big paper bags. Yeah, so far we have seen literally the one restaurant. Mm-hmm. Which, th- there was the one comment about it, though, when uh, the Montgomery's ran into uh, Ezra at the Apple Rose Grill. Yeah. And uh, uh, Byron's like, we'll get, we'll get somewhere else to eat. And he almost got the impression that episode that Ella's just like, where? There's only one restaurant in town, but You get the feeling that there's, if there's more than one restaurant, it's probably like there's one Italian place. And like, you know, like one Mexican place. Stuff like that, where there isn't a lot of choice. Or like a Mexican joint that no one's going to eat. Or a McDonald's, I mean, that no one's going to eat at. I don't think they even allow, like, chain restaurants in Rosewood. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, These girls would never eat it. That's that's funny. These girls, they're never eating fast food. They're always scout getting, like, takeout from uh, some restaurant. Always, like, yeah, like, vaguely, like, uh, like fusion Chinese food. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, while getting this food, Emily gets the food, and she looks up, and she sees someone from the back who looks like it might be Maya walking away. So, she follows Mm -hmm. her. Go to this person, like, turns her around, and it's not Maya. It's just some other girl. Does the full-on, like, Maya, like, grabs her and spins her around? Oh, sorry. Never mind. Yeah, sorry. And this chick's like, what the fuck? You know, and mm-hmm. so, uh, Emily walks out. She literally runs right into Paige. Um, and so Paige can, of course, sense there's something wrong with Emily and forces her to talk about it. And, and Emily, they, she tells Paige about the, the fight and Maya running away and, and Paige, oh man, Paige, this is some of the dialogue she throws out. She's like, don't you see him? This is who she is. When things get tough, she bails. Yeah. Uh, I know you like Maya, but you need someone you can count on. And Emily, I think, is maybe just too distressed to really hear what the fuck Paige is saying right now. Because Emily's like, oh, well, thanks. She gives her a hug. And then Paige, like, kisses Emily. And Emily's like, wait, what the fuck? You fucking yeah. creep. You know, like, what did you think this was? You know who... Page is really she's a female drastically less smooth Ren. Oh, I think you're selling Ren short there. We're gonna talk uh, about Ren in a bit. 
Paige might as well refer to Maya as some kind of version of the Carpenter. No, you know who you know she is actually. She's Lucas. Ooh, she's like a more aggressive Lucas. But better fashion sense. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's um, that much better, but sure. <laughs> so the next night uh, at Hannah's place, while Ashley and Hannah are upstairs, just talking about wine and Gilmore growing it up, uh, the doorbell rings and it's Officer Barry. But the shocker, I think, is that this time he's actually there for Emily. Oh, there was one scene. I don't remember exactly where this fit in. But there's another scene where Emily's calling Maya again, leaving a message. This was after Paige tried to kiss her. Uh, and Emily's saying, I'm not angry. I'm just confused. Like, I, I just want you to call me. So love you, you know. But yeah, then the the closing Emily scene here is that Officer Barry the cop shows up. And he's there to talk to Emily about Maya. And I like how there's a... There's like the flickering red and blue lights on, you know, like like he he put his his police lights on. There's no reason for him to put those lights on. Like whenever whenever any any of the police show up, they put the lights on, just to like let everyone know the cops are here. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's just kind of funny the the way they frame this. This is towards the end of the episode is that we started the episode basically with like, oh, I know you don't want any more cops at your door. Now you got one. <laughs> it's not even for Ash and Hannah. It's for Emily because of fucking Maya Saint Germain. Mm-hmm. And Ellie has an oh shit look on her face. All right. Spencer time. So after school uh, in her room, Spencer is telling Melissa about Jason. They start talking about their mom. Um, Melissa is like just finding out about the whole Jason situation here. Yeah. Spencer's now defending her mom. And Melissa's like, you know, basically like, why are you doing that? Like, like she lied to us too. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. then Spencer tells Melissa that she's pretty sure that Allison knew. Well, Melissa's, Melissa's like, it's like we don't even know who mom and dad are anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But Spencer's like, oh, I'm pretty sure Allison knew just little things she'd say. And Melissa's like, well, does anyone else know? And Spencer's like, I don't think so. And so Melissa's like, well, let's, let's keep this in house. You know, our, our family's had enough, you know, drama already. No, suffered enough humiliation for 10,000 lifetimes, mm-hmm. which I almost feel like Spencer took that a little bit personally. Um, but she, Melissa stands up, get a good visual reminder that Melissa is well and pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa doesn't want to be around later because when the parents get home, um, and Melissa's actually trying to be reassuring and telling Spencer that we'll get through this. Yeah, we'll get through this, Spencer. And then I just made my note here. Melissa's being too nice. Beware, Spencer. Yeah, but Spencer, you gotta be I, careful whenever Melissa's being too nice to you, Spencer. Something though. Yeah, I think Spencer though is like the she's hungry for the reconciliation here now. Mm-hmm, that, that's mm-hmm. that's what she reacts to later, I think, or is reacting to the yeah, scene. Yeah. So after the whole thing with the girls and the girls will give her one night to talk to Melissa. Spencer's at a bar, presumably waiting for Melissa. What's funny about this is that Melissa's pregnant. And Spencer's a high school student. Yeah. Why well, are they meeting at a bar? Well, and this scene is directly after they're like, "Fine, go talk to your sister. Like, do it right away." And so we cut directly to Spencer at this bar. Waiting to meet her sister there. Yeah. Uh, waitress comes up and Spencer is underage, but like nobody ever asks her, you know, so the waitress asks Spencer what she wants. Spencer just orders a coffee because of course she would. Yeah. Apparently, uh, for this episode, I, Marlene King tweeted out that Spencer was trading in caffeine for alcohol in this episode. <laughs> Wonderfully so. Yeah. Um, uh, Spencer gets yeah. a text at this point from Emily. Asking if she's talked to Melissa yet with three question marks at the end of it to let you know <laughs> that they're they're in a hurry. 
Which, this is why your theory is so fantastic, because it's almost kind of like deep down within Spencer. Yeah. One of those voices of, of self-doubt is like like, like hammering home mm-hmm. to her. So Spencer can't handle this pressure, so the waitress is like set down like a tray near her that has like three shots on it. And she just grabs one of those shots and like throws it back. I like the way Spencer just, she sighs, just like looks at the shots, grabs one. Like she like looks around, grabs one, slams it, puts it back. And yeah, it, as just, if, just as she puts it back down and kind of like, you know, shudders through the, uh, the alcohol in her system, uh, to which I just wrote down, nice. Uh, <laughs> then just out of the darkness, uh, you know, behind her, out comes Ren into focus. Yeah. The, there's times when Spencer, you just have to accept, it, there's times when Spencer is like a, uh, film noir PI or something like that. Like, she's like suddenly like 10 years older. Spencer's so awesome. Yeah, the way um, she did that shot was like it. It's hard to describe how awesome it is when she does it because she's just like, nah, nah, fuck it, boom, did the shot. Yeah, so Ren shows up and he says, "I, I would say this is fate, bumping into you here like this." And Spencer's like, "Well, you work next door. I live like a, eight blocks down the road, so no, not fate, not fate, just a small town." Yeah, but then she kind of very hesitantly, she's like, "So are you drinking alone?" And he's like, "Well, hopefully not anymore." Hopefully not anymore. And Spencer's like, well, uh, you know, my sister's going to meet me here, so it'd be pretty awkward if you were here. And he's like, oh, does she still hate me? And Ren's like, so it'd probably be out of the question for the three of us to have a meal, huh? To which I just wrote down threesome. <laughs> you know that's what he's thinking right now. Yeah. You know that's what, like, his this the, is... the ultimate goal of Ren is to pull a Hastings sandwich. That is what Ren, like, rubs out to every night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Justin, you know, you got to aim high. Yeah. At least you'll end up, in, you'll be spunking in the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, so right about then, Melissa is like walking up towards the bar. Spencer sees that she gets up to go to greet her. And then just then Garrett's car pulls up on the road behind Melissa. He honks and she goes around and gets in the passenger side and they drive off. Yeah. It's like Melissa's like just walking up the steps to the door of this bar when like car Garrett rolls up, honks. Melissa turns right around and goes out and gets in the car and drives away. And just as Spencer is watching all this, because she's like walking out to say hello, and, you know, like before she got there, she's just like, oh, I'm uh, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. But she's like, well, what? that doesn't make any sense. She hardly knows him. And Ren's like, oh, she knows him better than you think. I saw him at her doctor's appointment last week. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you must be mistaken. He's like, no, wouldn't forget that. People don't normally bring a Glock to the end of their OPGYN appointment. Which yeah. of course, fucking Garrett would like bring his gun in, you know, and show everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then Spencer gets a text from Melissa that says, "Sorry, class friend, late. Rain check tomorrow." <laughs> the fucking liar. Yeah. So, uh, cut away to something else. Cut back to Spencer, and she's she's tried calling Melissa several times now, and she's not getting through. And so Ren's like, "Well, I could drive you home," but Spencer's like, "Well, that's the last place I want to be right now." And there's another just incredibly awesome Spencer move here where Ren kind of, he's next to her at the bar. He looks away. And as soon as he looks away, Spence grabs another shot and does it and then puts it back and like kind of wipes her mouth just as uh, he looks back towards her. So he didn't see it. (laughs) It was a sly fucking move. Spencer's so awesome. Yeah. It's just like, Uh, look away, does shot, look back. Nothing. And she she does the thing where she kind of like, is wiping her mouth and smiling as she looks at him like, oh, nothing, nothing just happened there. 
Uh, yeah, she has this, like, she, she has a sly little grin on her face, which I think Ren is reading all the wrong things into, but maybe they're also a little yeah, bit right. You might be a little bit right. I just want to say that we're about to, we, we're cutting to a fireplace is, uh, where we, where we end up at <laughs> Ren's place. These two yeah. have insane chemistry together. And I, I uh, think it's, I think it's because, like, Troy and Valsario has great chemistry with everyone, but so far she's been saddled with that fucking Alex bro and Toby. Yeah. Like, for her to have even, like, somebody like Ren, like, they're just, like, oozing sexuality. Trying to conjure up chemistry of Toby is like saying Spencer's a necrophiliac. Let me describe Ren's swinging bachelor pad. This is a swank... I was gonna say, this is a swanky fucking place. I think I need to, like, reevaluate my life to figure out how I can live more First like all, Ren does. It's huge. It's, uh, it appears to have... It's, there's, like, there's probably, like, a loft where his bed is. Like, that's the impression I get in this place. I mean, There's, like, a downstairs living area, and then upstairs and a loft is where his bed is. There's real stairs up there. Yeah, it's just, like, for a, a resident, like, this is this is more he's than got, I think you could afford. He's got a Union Jack flag. He's yeah. got, I think it's, like, a shirt that's framed on the wall that says, Love Thy Neighbor, for some reason. Something like that. Uh, he's got a, a big old shelf full of LPs. He's got yeah. a mini bar. He's got a fireplace. He's got a really fancy mini bar, too. It's like uh, that that Bruce Campbell Old Spice commercial. Like he's basically living in that place, minus the ginormous painting. Yeah, he mm-hmm. has a fucking grand piano. <laughs> There's a grand fucking piano in there. That alone. <laughs> yeah, this is an amazing place. And so Spence is, uh, she's kind of leaning up against his couch, which is opposite the fireplace. She seems to have unbuttoned the top button of her shirt. Uh, and she's like, well, you really dodged a bullet not marrying Melissa since our family's so fucked up. And so, she's just like oozing like sultry sexuality here. My family has so many issues that Dr. Phil wouldn't take mm-hmm. us on. She, you're right. They do have chemistry in the scene. What, what is so, I want to say almost delicious about it is how creepy it is though. Well, and she's like, Spence is like, she's slinking around. Like she kind of like, she walks up to him and kind of like, like curves her body around him to walk past him you know like she's laying it on thick she starts pouring herself another drink yeah the thing about spencer is that her middle name is trouble Mm -hmm. this girl is a hurricane she uh she trots out trots out a little bit of an english accent here making fun of uh what ren's family troubles might be oh no someone used like the butter knife to pick up the yeah whatever yeah um yeah he's trying to tell her that his family's fucked up too and that just because they don't play high low at the dinner table <laughs> which again another deep reference to the pilot yeah yeah they're going deep in this episode um so Ren says Ren says that line that you say when the girl's a little bit vulnerable and talks about how fucked up she is or has problems or whatever he says that line where i'm looking pretty hard and i'm not finding anything wrong and spencer's just like oh you I'm plenty messed up. Yeah, they're having a little contest, like who's more messed up. Uh, Spencer says she has an obsessive need to be the best at everything. I even have to win at yoga. <laughs> Which she pronounces to be a quirk, not a fault. So, yeah, it's a quirk, not a fault. Uh, for instance, he's OCD about like his like things like his books and his bookshelf, like how everything has to be alphabetical. Yeah, um, which what's the first letter of the alphabet? A. Mm-hmm. He has to be alphabetical on his bookshop or he can't sleep. Mm-hmm. To which Spencer perfectly flossy looks over and she's like, well, then why is Aristotle on the bottom shelf? And he's like, bugger, you know? Mm-hmm. And then she's just <laughs> like, oh, I'm just messing with you. And she perfectly, right here, plays the seduction game. 
Well, she does. I think I want to say she actually does the thing where she like grabs his turned head and like pushes it back around to her by his chin. You know, like no, no, back to me now. <laughs> you know? yeah. And they start kissing. Goes I in for some it. smooches. Yeah. And then so later she's she's even pulling out the I remember the first time I saw you. Well, she's um she's like circling Ren at this point. Yeah. Drink in one hand, uh, her other arm around him, unbuttoning his shirt from behind. And she's kind of like slinking around, like getting in both his ears. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw you, and I just thought, damn. <laughs> and Ren, it's it's actually pretty funny to watch Ren's ex- the expression on his face during the scene. Because he's like, mama. Because he's like, this is awesome, but holy shit, this is like, I'm like, the police are going to come in at any moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Ren eventually tells her he's not going to do anything with her because she's drunk. And she's actually a little disappointed by it, but maybe also a little thankful. Ren's like, are you pissed? Snockered? Drunk? <laughs> but yeah, she's, she's... She says, smashed. Yeah, she's seriously drunk, but... It, I think, yeah, you're right. She She's probably maybe slightly relieved, you know? And this is like, this is like the one and only time Ren's like showing himself to be a decent guy, probably. The one and only time, yeah. Yeah, because he's like, she's like, oh, I thought you were really into me. And he's like, oh, I am, which is why, you know, it's not going to be like this. And so she kind of pouts, but it's like a, it's like a playful pouting as she falls back on his couch laughing, you know. Cut to the next day. It's daylight out. Ren walks in wearing some scrubs. Uh, Spencer's like just waking up on the couch now. Yeah. Um. So she's like, oh, are, are you... Are you off to work? And he's like, actually, I'm just getting back from my rounds. And she's like, what, huh? Checks the time. It's about 10, 15 ish. <laughs> this is why she wasn't in school in those earlier scenes with Mona and, and Hannah and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so she realizes that late. And he basically is telling her how glad it was, he was to have her over and what a nice night it was. And um, she's saying that, you know, things with her family, she may be, you know, taking him up on his offer to stay over more often. And he's like, oh, I hope you do. Well, because he, he was like, she was like, oh, sorry for drooling on your couch and imposing. And he's like, no, it's cool. You can stay on my couch anytime. And she's like, well, I might take you up on that. Yeah. So, so some so, more smooches. And then she says, I'll call you. No, she doesn't even say, I'll call you. She says, call you mm-hmm. and bounces. I mean, like, that's even more like Spencer's playing him. She's a player. It's wonderful. I just, I want to see the, the scene where she tells the other liars where she was. Like, hey, why aren't you in English this morning? But do you I know? woke up at Ren's. What? <laughs> I want Ari to give her shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you remember how like out of character it seemed when she was like playing the seduction game on like like Alex? Doesn't it seem so much more in character now though? A little bit, a little bit, but it's just. I mean, it's number like, one, she's drunk. Yeah, yeah. And and she, I don't know, her and Ren just feel more real than that fucking Alex, bro. They definitely have more chemistry. I, th- I would say they have more chemistry than Arya and uh, Ezra do. Well, and I, I think the way it was played here is like she was she was really laying it on, but she still is underage, you know, and so that which is why the well, hesitation from Ren. Here's the thing is I think the reason that you can build the show, and I think Arya Marlene King is called Ezra and Arya, like the DNA of the show, part of the DNA of the show. Part of the, the DNA, reason, yeah. Part of the reason that you can carry down that relationship with what you presume is a f- primarily teenage girl fan base of this show is that they play it so Ezra and Ari's plays so naive it's so sweet this is true puppy love or whatever mm-hmm. you know whereas Spencer and uh, Ren they know this is pretty icky 
and they like it. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. I mean, she's what seventeen now, probably. But it's 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 like I think Spencer knows that this is wrong because he's older. Because he's also like her sister's ex-fiance, and it's all all kinds of fucked up, and that's what makes it delicious. Mm-hmm. But it also makes a lot more sense that she she not only do, does she have some history with Ren, but she's you know dated Toby for like a full season or so, so she's she's much more experienced than she was with Alex, you know. Yeah, yeah, she needs a real man. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, she has Ren instead of a real man, but it's a uh, baby steps. Um. So later that night, last scene of Spence. Yeah, Uh, she's in the kitchen in her in her place, and of course she's going to be watching these videos from Allison's room. Of course she would do that in almost pitch dark, in the middle of like the kitchen area. Yeah, yeah, of course. So uh, she thinks she hears something, looks around, but no, it's just Melissa coming up behind her. Just as the part where Melissa walks in on the video is playing on the computer, she like grabs it. You know, she like shuts the computer right away. Part of me wants to think that Melissa actually walked in like two minutes earlier, saw mm. was on the laptop, and just like waited. Yeah. So Spence confronts Melissa about her lying and ditching her for Garrett. And Melissa's like, I'm sorry, I'll tell you about it. Just not here. Her parents are going to be home soon. Yeah. There's, there's, she's like, remember that thing I wanted to, uh, how I wanted to tell you something the night of Ian's funeral? Well, I need to tell you it now. So just come on out here to the barn with me very suspiciously, and then I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, and Spencer's totally hesitant at first, you know, like, just yeah. like, why, what's, what's out there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, she doesn't want, Melissa doesn't want to say it in front of the parents who'll be home in a minute. So Spencer mm-hmm. and Melissa leave, and they leave without Spencer's phone, which is on the counter still. Or her, her laptop, yeah. Yeah, or her laptop. Um, yeah. So. Cut to the A tag. A's doing some target practice with that gun of, uh, Peter Hastings. And she's firing some stuff at a, at a gun range. Um, all, you eventually see the, uh, the target. And all the shots are, what do you call that, center mass? I, I guess. They're in the middle, in like the, the red part that you're supposed in to In the heart. At. Yeah. They'd be uh, you know, kill shots, one would assume. Good good aim, I guess. Uh, we don't know how far away it was. Yeah. And that is the end of Breaking the Code. Fun episode. Love Extreme. the Spencer stuff in this episode. Extremely. Let me take a look at the wiki here. We already talked about uh, Mr. Roger Cumble. <laughs> Substituting caffeine for alcohol. <laughs> as far as breaking the code goes, I'm not sure what they really broke. No, they didn't really break any code. Yeah. Doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, I guess you could say getting the video of Melissa was a, a break in some code. I don't know. Way to go, Toby. Or way to go, Caleb. Off yeah. screen. Anyway, next episode, SCV-22, is entitled Father Knows Best. Uh, the father-daughter dance figures prominently into it. So, Is this the infamous Wayne and Emily dancing? Yes. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. I wish we could have Peanut calling on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spoiler alert, Wayne Fields will be returning in the next episode. So, uh, yeah, until then, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.